Merry Christmas! Ho, 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 ho. Hate the streets and merely mess. Artists like the goods are torn to shreds. The government will spoil your hopes and dreams by offering a useless retreat and scheme. It's such amazing talent, why can't you see that the government has decimated the industry? And now the years of hard work can be thrown away. And people who don't care will be well say. Just get a real job. Hello and welcome to this year's Christmas and New Year's special. It's that time of year again. A very Merry Christmas to everyone listening as well. Thank you for tuning in as always. One of the best things about doing this podcast is getting to have former guests returning and joining us for this year's special is the brilliant Matt Hickman aka Brown Bear and the wonderfully funny Kate Hammer who we'd of course had on this podcast twice this year already but it's an absolute joy to have them both back this is Matt's fourth appearance on the podcast so I think he might be the record holder now Kate's also doing the hat trick for the year they've both had very good years so it's been lovely to have them back on we recorded this one together about a week or so ago it was really nice we just had a little round table chat Matt spoke about demons and Brown Bear's sort of amazing year that has been happening and some of the gigs they played Kate talked about her film Bear again and what she sort of learned over the last year. It was just really nice to sit and reflect with them both on this year and some of the cultural highlights. Of course, it's a Christmas episode. We did talk about Christmas a little bit, but I must admit, it's not particularly... It is Christmassy, but it's not a main theme. But as per tradition as well, Matt, with Kate's help this time, gave us another Brown Bear origin story at the end, which... I think might be the best one yet. But no, it was it's really nice to have guests back on. It makes this podcast just even more special. And this is the last episode of the year, of course. So just want to quickly say as well, massive thank you for all the support again this year. Since we came back in June, I've been so proud of the run we'd had. And just some amazing guests. Got big plans for 2024 as well. So we'll probably be back again mid to late January. I've already started recording some brilliant episodes ahead of that. And looking forward to another run. It's going to be good. Also must admit, I'm very much looking forward to a little break though. It's been a very busy year with uh, full-time work and doing this podcast as much as I enjoy it. I'm sure Elliot is feeling the same, but a massive shout out to him again for all his work on editing this podcast as well. We very much could not do this without you, so thank you very much, Elliot. Anyway, without much further ado, this year's Christmas and New Year special, episode 124, with the wonderful Kate Hammer and Matt Hickman. Enjoy. for coming on our Christmas and New Year special 2023. It's lovely to both have you back on the podcast. Matt, this is your fourth Thanks. appearance. Reigning champion. Yeah, and Kate, <laughs> you've just done the hat-trick for this year. Of course, you we had you on in yes. April and then you came and did one of our live shows at the Fringe. Which so was much Priya, fun. Priya Hall, which was very fun. Yeah, she was um, great. She was, and it was such a mental show as well. It was a really fun one, <laughs> yeah. but like really chaotic in a good way. So it's lovely to have you both. How have you both been? Both been up very busy years. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good though. It's really awkward, isn't it? Because we were just saying that we've been talking for ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've been sitting having a chat for 40 minutes. I know. Just take your time. 
but yeah, basically, I, I, I can't speak for Kate, but um, we've just had excellent years because we're magnificent artists. No, for sure. Well, so, so much to catch up on. No, there is, there is loads though, because I mean, your album, Demons, yeah. came out. I remember we did the Christmas one last year and you were just about, to, you're talking about the album coming out, you yeah. planned, you're going to stop touring, you're thinking about it back then, but yeah. clearly it's not quite been the case this year, is it? No, I toured a lot, but I actually said on one of the tours, like, oh, like this might be my last, well, not this, but next year's mm. quite a big year for us, so I was like, maybe next year's the last time I tour. And I was in Greenock and the guy got really mad, he started shouting at me, like, how dare you stop touring? I was like, oh, it's kind of my choice, you know? Like, <laughs> but I feel, I feel like as it's gone on, I'm a bit more settled in it and I'm enjoying the shows and like our audience is just so lovely and it's really welcoming. Mm. And you, were, you were there last... Um, it was a lovely little show, yeah, a lovely acoustic show. It's such a nice vibe, you know, everyone's really into it. So. And I feel like I'm doing this thing where I let people shout out questions during the shows and it's been kind of nice just to get to know people in the audience and just have a laugh, mm. so... I feel like I'd asked you so many questions over the last few years, I didn't need to shout yeah. one out for you. Um, but no, it was such a nice little idea and like the way you were very vulnerable and just, it was very like, it wasn't just about the music, it was a chat as well. Yeah. It was a nice format. Yeah, I like it, so it's, it's good. And um, there wasn't any tough questions really. I was kind of worried about that, but no, nah, it was alright and it's good. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a weird year, but in a mm. good way, so yeah. Well, I know you don't like Spotify too much <laughs> and you talked about this at the show the other week, but... You were number two in my Spotify rap this year, so Thank I had to so wait much. to tell you this year. But no, congrats on the album. It's like it's a really nice one, yeah, and so I mean, and you were at St. Luke's for the first gig yes. of the year as well. Yeah. So we're both yeah. there for that separately, which is really, but that was a really special night for you as well to yeah. have so many people singing the words back and yeah. sort of to launch the the new album. And it's been like that the whole tour, which is crazy. You know, no matter where we're going, people are singing the words back, which is not not something we really experienced with the first record. Mm. So yeah, it's amazing. That I feel a little bit of sadness that with that I felt that. If we'd had the kind of proper radio play yeah. ever, that album could have done even. I think it could have done really well in the UK. But it's just how life goes, and I'm so grateful for the people that did listen and the opportunities it's created. And yeah, like now, now I'm now I'm coming to the end of that process and being like, mm. I'll probably be more reflective next year because yeah. I, feel, I feel like I'm still kind of in it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I stop, I guess I'll look back and go, okay, how how was that positive and negative, and what what did I do next? So. Yeah, but well you're nominated for Best Scottish Artist as well, which is an incredible achievement. Yeah. Playing for Mr. Paolo. Yeah, it was nice, man. It was crazy. There's like, so much I could list off here. Just I know, it's, do you know what it's like, and you're probably having this as well, Kate, like, so many things happen when you're an artist that, mm. like, it's kind of hard sometimes to hold on to some things and then someone will remind you and you feel ungrateful. Yeah. But like, it's not that I forgot, it's just that, like, that was then and this is now. And it's true yeah. to keep your head above water. Oh, totally, yeah. 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 And Kate, I saw, got to see you at the Fringe the week after you did the live show with me. It was a very fun show. And you talked about how you improvised half your show when you were on the podcast the first time. Yeah. But I never, to see it actually happen was just incredible. We had that heckler in. And I was like, has <laughs> Kate paid this man to come in? Because it was like too funny, but yeah. it was a brilliant show. It's funny too, like where I wouldn't consider him necessarily a heckler because uh, a heckler, I think, is someone who says something bad or like, boo! Or yeah. Yeah. But like, I think that's the one downfall of being mm. having an improv energy uh, is that people are like, oh, this is a conversation and I want to speak back. But I quite like it because I'm like, for the, uh, for the most part, sometimes yeah. I'm like, please just let me do my thing. But it's nice because then like people are engaged. And to me, that just means someone's like listening and they want to play. And sometimes you have to be like, we can play with limits, you know? <laughs> but yeah, what is it? He... I think I made him like the the special guest to come up and, and say That's so funny. Yeah. I, I had this bit where 
or I had this bit, I don't really do it anymore, where I would get, I think like as a female comedian, sometimes it's nicer to have a man say my jokes just to make sure they're funny and have the audience like relax and be like, it's a man saying them. So, and then I wrote some of like the worst jokes I've ever written and then I would have a man come up and, and yeah. say them. And it was always quite, yeah, it was quite nice <laughs> for me, quite cathartic, you know? So yeah, it was, it was good. It was a good, good energy. But yeah. and you've been like very but every week on Instagram I see you doing various comedy nights and of course like Bear your film. Yes. I got to see some clips from the documentary yes. of Wolfen. Yeah, it's, so it's just it's been it's been a nice year for you as well, isn't it? Yeah, when you're saying like, you know, a year, I was like, Oh right, I filmed Bear in January mm. of this year. Like it feels so much longer. I know. Uh, so it's because it didn't obviously get finished until and realistically only a few months ago did it start being in festivals but in my mind like I stopped you know dealing with that ages ago so it's interesting like in a year I went from doing my first ever short film to like now you know starting to like be introduced to the commercial space and like Mm -hmm. working as a director and being seen and that was like my goal and I'm just yeah it's, it's been amazing and I feel like I have so much more to to learn and so much farther to go. Same with, you know, comedy. But with my visa coming through. Which is amazing news as well. Yes, thank you. But I didn't think that I would do it through comedy. I thought I would do my visa through theater or, (laughs) you know, film and TV. But no, comedy was my best chance and and I got it. So now I'm government approved comedy. So you can say like you're you're a certified Yeah, if someone doesn't like it, I'll be like, well, you can tell that to the English Arts Council because (laughs) they approved that joke. But it's so weird as well because when we recorded in April, that feels like a long time ago. Yeah. The Fringe felt like a long time ago, even though it was like, what, three, four months ago. I know. And I was listening back to me and Matt's episode from the last Christmas episode last year and it was like... I was in the middle of screw then, and it's oh, like that right. feels like a lifetime ago. But that wrapped this year too, so that doesn't feel like it was this year. Like, like, like start yeah. a new job. Like, it's just it's always like this, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose that's the way we measure time. I guess to, to feel all philosophical and profound. But uh, like when we work on projects, so like you say, like so often they finish so far away from release that yeah, you know, you're working on something new, but it, and then it's like for me, I, I was working on a lot of things, and then the album came out, and it was almost like with film, I was like. I'm really sorry, everyone. I'm 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 going on tour, and I that's me. So I came back. Actually, this week I met people in film, and they were saying, "What are you doing? What are you writing?" And I was like, well, "I don't I don't know because yeah. I feel like I've gone on a hiatus, and then mm-hmm. I feel like when I go back to film, it's like taking a hiatus, and and you probably feel that way from a for a comedy. Like you you're going to be in the comedy world, and then although I'm, you take comedy into what you do, it's like now I'm doing film, and I'm a director, and even if you're directing mm-hmm. something that's not yours, it's a different feeling, isn't it? And it's mm-hmm. like when I'm I mean I write for other people, uh, so. When I'm in that room, I'm just like, ah, and I worked this other role in the qualities, and I, I made a, a guide for like how to protect artists in, in the arts this year, which was crazy, and I'd never worked in a publication, so I, I went, and that was like this whole crazy thing, and then through that other job, I'd be going into spaces and the community mm-hmm. space, and every so often someone would come running up and be like, oh my goodness, are you brand can I get a picture of like, <laughs> I'm like, oh god, yeah, I'm in a band. Like, I, I kind of forgot that was my life. Like, it's like departmentalizing yeah. or something. But we, we've got to pay our bills, and like, yeah, yeah that's sure. what happens. There's so many artists now who are working so many roles, and amazing that we get to do it within creative industries. But we're not always in our field just to try and survive. Well, you know? I think I think a great example of that is is Ross Lane from Fatherson, who we had on the podcast earlier this year. Because I met Ross on Scrooge doing the coffee, but I was like, you're in Fatherson. Like, what are you doing here? Like, it was mental. But you know, as you say, everyone has to make a living, so. Yeah. My favourite things about doing this podcast is people listening there, like, bl- then blows their mind. They're like, that person does other things as well. Yeah. They feel so much better about their part time job or yeah. they're like, you know, yeah. paying the bills. And 
This, this is like my question that I've been thinking about is, so I work in as a TV development researcher, but it's unscripted. So, but I still like, yeah, I'm making up ideas. But part of me, it's so nice to stay in TV mm-hmm. and like be in that world and I think yeah. it's still like is good. But part of me does think like, is that my creative energy being used for the day by mm-hmm. like doing, coming up because it is such an engaging and creative one job. And it's like, part of me does wonder like, should your other job or part-time job, it's so nice having it be in the creative industries. Yeah. But also I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I just want a barista job that I can walk <laughs> away from and it's your you mind goes it off, yeah. blank. You walk away and you don't have to, you don't have a big presentation on coffee to do the next day. You're yeah. just, you're done. And then you have your, and I find when I was working in the service industry, you also like you're thinking, you're creating, you're meeting yeah. how many people a day. But then does it tire you out in a different way? Like, you know, it's hard to find that balance of like, what's the right role to like give you the time off when you need it, but also keep you in touch and engage with the creative industries enough that you won't be quote unquote forgotten about and, but have the energy to do, yeah, it's, that's the kind of question on my mind these days. It's like, what is that balance? What does the best balance look like? It's so hard, isn't it? find it have you, answers have you found the balance I, I think I, I, I like to always be creative though yeah. so I don't feel like I'm ever giving away creativity I feel like I'm just learning yeah. so when I'm in another space I'm like I'm just learning how someone else creates and I'm, I'm refining the bits I like about what they do and saying what, how can this enhance my practice and leaving behind the bits that I don't like And yeah. so I, I try to think it's better to be because I, I did some of my work this year was kind of although I was surrounded by creators I was doing not a creative role I just find myself really lost because mm. I love being in a room having ideas and I yeah. love bouncing off people and I get excited and then and then I have a different way of creating when I'm myself but so yeah no, I, I think we're, where we all struggle is because we're always on it's like finding that time and being okay with not creating and not doing anything mm, yeah. it's switching off is like that's the the drain is because we're not resting because we don't know how because it's always like yeah it's always like we need to make something work and, it, and yeah. now that this isn't working I need to create this whole new project from the start and you're always trying to make this idea that's going to get you over the line and there's never really space to just go I'm going to walk away from this all for a bit and yeah. that's that's the terrifying thing for me is yeah mm. I love when people tell me like oh it's just relax and it really is that thing where you're like but no one taught me how Yeah. I don't know yeah. how like I have this grand image of relaxing being like well, you go to a spa you put cucumbers on your eyes <laughs> You have a face mask. Like, I don't know how to, you know, like, kind of micro-dose no, I, I relaxation. That's why I was saying this to someone that I don't know, obviously, it's the Christmas special. I struggle with the Christmas period because I, I don't like stopping. And, like, yeah. I'm not very good at switching off and just being still for a week. Like, I have to be doing something. Like, you know, and it's different for me because I don't feel like I'm a creative person the same way as you guys. Well, I am, but, like, because I do it podcasts is the main yeah. thing that I make, I guess. But, like... Because I work in a sort of facilitatory job where it's like scripted and so I'm like working on other, with other people who, they are more of the creative pair. I mean, it's still a very creative job, which yeah. is why I do it. I just wanted to make a living and do a job that I enjoyed that was creative. But uh, yeah, it's the exact same. Like I, I get a buzz from it, but it's so hard to like just not do something related to it. Yeah. Like, I, d- I don't know, I try to like not do too much of the weekends, but that's hard because you're still thinking about stuff. And yeah. That balance is, yeah. I don't know, I think in 2024 I'd like to find more of that balance because I, I don't remember the last time I switched off. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at. I'm like... Uh, <clears throat> I've seen someone today and they were like <laughs> I was like I'm kind of ready to be in the wilderness and they were like like physically I was like kind of both like I'm kind of yeah. I'm kind of ready to just it's really terrifying to say it but I'm, I'm, I'm a wee bit ready to just walk away and, and everyone's like no this is I think that the business does this thing of like 
your mm. stock so high like now we should capitalise on it yeah you gotta like, keep going oh, yeah and I'm like I'm burnt out man. I've, I've, yeah. got, I've got nothing good to say I think it's best I just go away and, and come back when I have something worth saying like, yeah. I don't, yeah. but that's the kind of artist I am and, and I guess like as I've got older I've realised that I'm an artist I'm not I'm not just a content maker and a lot of people are yeah. just they're not really in it for the love of what they do or the art they're just in it because they want to be famous or whatever it is and that's totally cool but that's not me so mm. I kind of just disappear off into my own wee world and I'll come back at some point and be like, I've got this idea, do you want to do it? And hopefully, hopefully people answer, I don't know what it was. But. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem, it becomes so commercial, like it's just a commercialised part of it where you feel like, I don't know, you get to a certain point in your career where you feel like you're riding that wave and everyone's like, you're nearly at that point where you'll be able to sustain it and do what you want almost and like have it. But it's, that can go on for so long, especially yeah. in like the media part of the creative industry. So it's just so hard, like, it's like, how long do we want people to wait for? They are burnt out, do you know what I mean? And, I think it's also like, especially podcasting, there's not really an end goal to that because you could do a podcast in theory forever. There's not, you can't complete a podcast. You're just putting a new one out every week. Yeah. And so what's the goal? Like, is it to get a certain amount of downloads? Because I don't really make a difference to the way you create it. So it's, yeah. it's just about enjoying doing it. And like, I kind of imagine it's a bit like that with music as well. You just want to... It's make, the process. Yeah. Isn't it? I, think, I think this year I worked on a project where it was about process, not outcomes. And I was like, this is amazing. And mm. the difference it made in people's lives and... Then you take it into a commercial thing, you think like, look at all the acts who are always going, whether it's film, TV, whatever it is, like, it's like the trajectory up, there's a deficit. And I've been around acts who are like, if we keep going, we keep going, you know, all that happens is deficit, yeah. deficit, deficit, deficit. Then you get like Paolo, who goes away for... A long time, eight years? Yeah, eight yeah. years. Five minutes of the hydro in like a minute, right? Because it's worth something. If he, if he mm-hmm. turned every year, that, that wouldn't happen because it's not worth mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. People don't understand the worth in... And quality and like when you see someone all, all the time like it's not that big a deal like, yeah well i'll see them next time if they're only going to come out every five years that when they come out you're going to go and see it right yeah and you'll make more in that year than you would over that five years because the deficits and get it wrong and then and then you lose your appeal and, and, and i think we're missing stars like i think there was some there's a point where it felt really lovely to be more connected to artists but now we're that's incredible and it's a great thing. But we're missing the other side of it is like there's no enigmas anymore. There's no there's no thing where you're like, wow, that person's got some quality I don't understand. And it's, mm. it's that's what made like that's what made like all the people you watch when you're younger seem like stars. So it made us dream about being in that business because we're like, I want to understand what that aura is. Now you know it's like I know they're playing this show, but they're sitting in Pizza Hut taking selfies with a pizza. Like the normality is removed. The incredible, the incredibleness of it. It's not mystical. It's not mm-hmm. magical anymore. It's just like yeah, that's what someone does. And I think there's two sides. I think that's incredible in a way that we we do no more. But where's the stars? Like where are yeah. the people where you're genuinely like wow? Like you are fucking incredible, and I, I can't understand how. I think for me that was so much of the wonder of wanting to be in this business was like I was like oh man, imagine what it's like to be on that stage. And I feel like mm-hmm. you could just watch that tutorial about what it's like to be on that stage. And it's kind of weird society. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like everything best. This is a really nice way of doing a podcast. It feels really chill. We're all sort of just, <laughs> how it should be. Yeah. Um, no, it's true. It's like you're always comparing yourself to everyone because you'll see everyone's like, you see, you see behind the scenes, like everyone has got like, oh, this is me back- backstage. And as you say, it does take away that mystery. Yeah. But you're like, oh, but then you have an expectation of what it should be like when you, if you ever do it yourself. Yeah. It might not live up to it. Or see, yeah, how that person manipulated <laughs> the truth <laughs> of met filters yeah. and be like, Oh, it really, it looks kind of the same, but definitely like, not. Yeah. No, I, there was something on post somewhere about um, renting out like a cabin, a creative cabin for a month. And I was like, oh, that would actually be great. Um, because like you said, I think it's, 
especially for comedy, it's really hard because you get booked so spread. Like you know, you'll get booked in kind of sections. Some like I'm already booked for June. Uh, on some shows mm-hmm. of next year, but then other shows will only book you like a yeah. few weeks in advance. So you never, I find it really stressful to try and plan to go away for a weekend because I'm like, well, if I'm asked to do a weekend show last minute, yeah, I, miss want, out and... I don't want to miss out on that opportunity. I'm maybe now at a better place with all the comedy clubs that I would feel okay, mm-hmm. that it wouldn't be like if I said no, that they would go, oh, well, Kate's not available kind of thing. But for a while it was really... And then I would put it off until last minute, and then either I would get booked or some. You know, you fill up your time, right? You barely. I've been trying to do better give, about giving myself, <laughs> except for this Sundays off. Mm. Is like I appreciate you giving. No, me. <laughs> I mean, but this is also so chill, right? You know, it's yeah. not performing, but mm. I've been trying to do better about that and saying no to Sunday shows because mm. you're like, okay, if I can try and do one day a week, then yeah. because I can tell I'm. Yeah, I feel like my ideas don't excite me as much. I'm I'm singed, if not burnt yeah, out. Yeah. And it's not just a one-day fix. People are like, just take a day off. I'm like, that's not going to do mm. anything. I'm still going to think about everything I have to do. It must be so hard for you, though, because for me, even if an audience didn't love me, like they're going to clap, right? Yeah, and that's, and oh that's my a, God. That's so acceptable for a musician. Yeah. If people just went... Oh, we don't love your jokes, but we'll just clap. That's not a good like. No. I think comedy must be. I I say it all the time. Comedy is like the hardest. I say hardest. that all the time. I think you probably said it on yeah, my first definitely. podcast. Is like and pre as well in this live. Yes. Like, I was saying to both of you, I was like, I could not be a comedian. That's insane no. to me. It's so brave. Like, I just I mean, think... I know you're kind of yourself on stage, but it's so different. Isn't it? Yeah. But, I, but people, I think, laugh at things I say on stage because they're so into what I'm doing. It's also you know? a, a relief, uh, yeah. not relief. <laughs> it's it relief, though. It is. Like... It's relieving the tension of like, yeah. Instead of not, it's not a relief. It's like, oh my god, mm. thank god he said something funny. No. Yeah. But like. But, but in a way, it is yes. because you're singing emotional songs and telling right. stories, and then sometimes you know you were there. Like I tell a story sometimes, and I make it seem one thing, and then I have a wee turn, and people laugh, and that's that's it. The first thing I said was mm. the truth. I just. I just, I just worry that like yeah. it's going to get too sad. Yes. Then you give them permission to also laugh. Yeah, and, and like, but they're so invested. That's, but they're also so uncomfortable mm. that that adds to their laughter. But that's not the, like, yeah. Know, if, if everyone was just like that with you, it'd be like, I, I honestly can't imagine it. Like, I, I, my worst fear is someone saying you've got to do a stand-up show. I'm like, nah, nah, actually, yeah. I, just like, yeah, I would, I would bomb. Even you both at the live show being so much more funnier than like, you know, I just, I can't, it's not my area, do you know what I mean? But I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, it's the most difficult form because, yeah, you don't, there's not a reasonable time to ask for applause mm, yeah. unless you're a musical comedian. There's oh. also like... There's so many things you could try and enjoy about a song, so you could be like, well, I don't like the lyrics, but I like the melody. I like that guitar part. It's still a skill. Oh, People like, are like, oh, he's still yeah. good at I, I like the backing singer, at least. There's, there's, there's yeah. so many things they yeah. can try and make themselves like. Yeah. Hmm. But it's you just telling jokes and they don't like it, like, that's it. Yeah. Right? That's and you it. can, you know, I think there are d- different comedians, but for the most part, if you gauge the success of a show by laughter and how mm. loud it, people are. And then you'll walk away from some shows and people come up to you and be like, oh my God, I was trying so hard not to laugh during your show. And I was like, why? <laughs> why? You came to a comedy show. And people, it is funny how people yeah. kind of don't act exactly know how to behave mm. to comedy because they they go, well, when do I, when are the breaks and when do I get to clap or do something else or, you know, say a sentence to my friend. But with comedy, it's kind of like, 
you know, pay attention and be engaged in this way. And it is still interesting. But yeah, I think it's, it is just the trickiest uh, one in terms of like, how do you be on stage yourself, but an anthologized character mm-hmm. version of yourself and you need their laughter, but you can't let them know you need their laughter because then they won't give it to you because then, then you're desperate. And unless that's your character yeah. is desperate and then that works again. It's yeah. just like all these things. I'm gonna. I'm not sure, Sean. I'm, right. I'm only asking questions. I'm like <laughs> total curiosity, but no, I like go for it. I love it. Like, do you ever watch another style of comedy and think I'm gonna write in this style for a bit, or like I'm gonna go? Like, it's really hard when you're known, right? But like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes I go, I'm gonna write in another genre because I I just need to push the boundaries. And there's some comedians I've watched over time who are like I love, and I'm like, but they're not necessarily funny they're just so accurate in their statements that we know it's funny like Dave Chappelle when, when he was like acceptable yeah kind of wasn't always funny it was just like telling you facts and you're like that's f- yeah I see how it's humorous but we're not laughing and you're agreeing and there's a, a certain prime to it right so if you there's that's the other thing about comedies there's so many variables and they're so tiny that like everyone wants to sit down and listen to a song mm-hmm. or a theater, you know, but maybe you're not in the mood and that's, you know, it will show, but probably silently or to yourself. It's quite an internal thing. But with comedy, because it, there is that like need of a response and it's a, a, you can an auditory response. Like it is, I've now gotten myself into a lane that I can't remember what I started talking about. Dave Chappelle. Oh, because we were saying about like writing another genres and obviously he, he would just talk like so right. always jokes right so part of it is like a musicality to the voice so like my friend was listening to uh, or my flatmate was listening to John Mulaney the other day and it was funny l- listening to it from the other room I could hear the and you're like oh that's his and it's what he's saying isn't always funny but because he has a recognizable and it's a little bit funny the way he's saying it and then people hook on and then we become used to we get they actually train you as an audience when to laugh and you're also as an audience primed to want to laugh because you're like oh my gosh I'm gonna see Phil Wang for example like uh, when I went to one of his shows it's like I would love to see what these super successful comedians do with a room of five people in mm. a basement pub at the fringe like could they actually knock that room out yeah. if they didn't know who Phil Wing was but because it's this room and everyone is so primed to they want their laughter's mm. here and all you need is that relief of tension to go ah and like let it out mm. so it is it's a funny thing where you're like how much is skill how much is audience priming how much is this there's so much to it that I just I will I don't know Amazing though. I have a lot of admiration for people that can do comedy on my fair, fair, fair. I mean, it's not easy. Or like, so to go back to the tonal thing, roast battles are the only thing that I really, those, I would, I say things I would never say in my set, Mm. but because it's, it's almost a strange liminal space of you're allowed to say this. And in fact, we expect you to say some like stereotypical hack jokes because it, you know, plus creative ones. There's lots of great roasting, you know, jokes, but that's, it's a, chance for me to be a very different tone than I would otherwise yeah. be. If there are like some different jokes, I'd probably just give them to people who do that style of comedy instead of switching up. Because yeah. like you said, if you have a certain <clears throat> brand, unless I've never seen a comedian rebrand themselves fully. Hmm. Like, a, you know, for me, yeah. like a band will go in and they're like, now we do yes. electric. It would be interesting, actually. That's a funny thing as well. Like not a lot of people know that comedians write other comedians jokes right yeah and it's, it's quite fascinating when you realise the people that do it because you think 
well, they're obviously like too offensive for their set or too tame for their set. Yeah. And, they're, mm. and they're going to someone else and saying like, this is your kind of material, here's some jokes. And it's like, then you start to realise well, it's, it's a business, you know, like, and, and it, and I love that about comedy because it's protected itself from people knowing. I think it's a good thing because it's interesting, yeah. When you know the other businesses, it might have some work here, and now they do this weird thing where like sometimes they're so overt about who's written songs. And I'm like, but right, some of the beauty is that you're not meant to know, like, yeah, because it's perfect for that artist and yeah, like, yeah. I I think some things should remain behind the scenes for the sake of the business and the sake of like protecting the artists as well. Like mm. some artists need that protection yeah. because. Because they do a hell of a job protecting it when it's someone they want you to believe writes songs that doesn't. You could probably pick any major artist and insert their name yeah. to that situation. And and sometimes it's nice to write in a different style. I'm not sure, you know, yeah. it's like it's or it's almost easier for if I'm having a block, being like, I don't know what's funny. Someone will be like, Oh, this is such a Kate way of looking at this, mm. right? Yeah. Or is this such a brown bear song? Like, I wonder yeah. what that like. It is. It is sometimes nice to have other people show you or reflect Be a bit you know, external. Yeah, yeah, to you back to you. But yeah, every panel show, a comedy panel show, they have, you know, employed their three writers, friends. It's mental. I found out, I was like, yeah. this is, this well, they're not credited anywhere. Yeah. It's just you pay your yeah. friend a hundred pounds to write a bunch That's of That's where a lot of comedians make their money as well. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. But it's, like you said, it is good because it's also quite, not that it's impossible, but for a comedian to be mm. churning out high quality material for a new show every week you just you need collaboration yeah yeah. and sure. we want to laugh so let's let them employ <laughs> their friends and also there's lots of funny people who don't want to do stand up so yeah. they'll be thinking well I want to write the jokes I just don't want to be on stage exactly yeah. and a lot of the time it's personality that might not match that anyway yeah, yeah. it's like people that like, collaborate on music who you know the person you were talking about who was writing on the Tina Turner songs maybe they yeah. just want to be a performer themselves but yeah I mean and they were a quite successful yeah. performer at some points in their career but for a very different thing right mm. and then to go into that space meant well, I, I couldn't release these songs but I can write on them and you get that same joy so yeah it's definitely, definitely yeah. a good thing yeah. I'm forgetting what we talked about off air <laughs> and what we talked about on air to be fair yeah. I know as we're sort of coming towards the end of 2023 and I know you were saying Matt that it's hard for you to reflect on some stuff because you sort of feel so in it but is there like a highlight from this year for you both in your mm. sort of work or sort of performance that you've done that stands out I, I, th- I think for me the highlight of the year has been not particularly one moment because there's been so many great moments and I think that that was amazing but it's been the response of people to the music, you know, it's like, mm. I mean, this was the first year we had people get tattoos of our song lyrics and, uh, yeah, yeah I think that's the yeah. true sign you know of making I mean? like, it. Yeah. So, so I guess me seeing something I wrote in a really dark and vulnerable place being something of like optimism and hope for other people, mm. like that's worth, like if that was just one person, that's worth more than a million streams when you're a writer. And this is what it comes back to, like being a writer, like it is about that connection. So the fact that like I've made a record that's connected with people enough that I'm in your top five, or like the, I think we were over a hundred people. We were we were their number one artist in right. Spotify, which is like of everything in the world they could have listened to. They listened to us, like yeah. That shows you've connected with them on a human level. So I think that's for me the highlight is like the fact that I've been able to reach a point as a writer where I really am resonating, not just like mm. enough to hook people in and go, that's cool, I get you. It's like, oh no, I see myself in you. That's that's when you're a, a good writer, you know. I'm not saying I'm a good writer, but that's when, you, yeah, that's when you've hit yeah. your sweet spot as a writer, you know. So yeah. I think that was a highlight for me. See, seeing the, the genuine reaction of people to those songs, like, and like you could probably see it when you're sub looks, like we didn't, and before we went on the stage at some looks, I said to the band, when we do the new songs, like people will absolutely not, not respond to them. They'll be like, it'll be, it'll be like, it'll be like you're playing to no one. 
and that's just what happens. Mm. Don't don't fuss it. Did let your guard down and like we were we have earplugs in and, and, and we have in ears and stuff and we're yeah. like we can't hear mm. because of how loud people are singing that song. That's crazy, you know. So that was the highlight, I think. Just it's one of the, one of my favorites on that album, though. It's yeah. a good song. It's really nice. Yeah. The whole album's great though. It's like I don't. I mean, Spotify doesn't lie. Well, they do. But <laughs> <laughs> they, they lie. I actually felt really quite lame though. And I, I, I was like happy that it was in the top five. I was like, I don't want to tell about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, we we got like over a hundred thousand streams this year, and I'm like, that like thirty quid. <laughs> I know. I was, I was speaking about this other world. It's just insane how little money there's. Every time I click it, I'm like, there's point point zero one yeah. pence towards the band. Like, yeah. just, well, it's okay to let your guard down once in a while, once in a while. It's okay to let your guard down. Kate, do you have like a highlight from this year? No, well, I'm just thinking, when the hell is someone going to get one of my jokes tattooed on that, you know? <laughs> that would be... Something to aim for in 2024. That's my, that's my that's new great. aim. If anyone's, you guys up for a tattoo, I'll force it on someone. <laughs> I don't have someone. any. I don't have any. Do you have any tattoos either? I've never found something I wanted to put on my... I'm with two untouched... <laughs> Unscathed men. Yeah, we're really vulnerable people who you could exploit right now to, <laughs> to get that first tattoo. Um, Some yeah. pens in the cover. <laughs> yeah, I'll do a sharpie tattoo. That'll that'll be fine. But all my jokes are so long-winded. It would take a whole arm. It would have to be a sleeve, I think, yeah. for someone to do it. Yeah, it's hard because um, you try and break it down of like highlight was filming for you know. Writing, directing, was mm. filming Bear, because that was such a huge first step for me and learned so much. But then also, every short film I've made since then yeah. was massively useful. And, you know, you met so many great people, and it's just been amazing. For comedy, I think being asked to perform on, it's called, like, Edinburgh Unlocked. So it's, like, kind of the fringe. They take mm. artists, and then you film a set, and then maybe you make it on TV. That was, like, just great to be asked to do that and film with that. Um, but also, I think I think getting a visa for comedy has yeah. got to be, Amazing. you know, the yeah. best thing. That's but, great. yeah, again, it's, it's I think I've been trying to do better about looking back and being appreciative of the steps that, mm. like, get you to where you are as mm. well. So, yeah, just, like, every show that felt bigger and better. I got, to, I got asked to do Latitude Festival this year. I, I got asked to do Late and Live, and thank God I did because those are part of my visa application. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was just a really yeah. lucky... I You know, there's always luck to everything. So mm. lucky, but also, like, you know, hard work paying off and continuous hard work, and I'm just super grateful. And, yeah, I hope I can kind of do better at balancing, like, some time off to then mm. hit the ground running. Because I also, sorry, to weirdly go back to that, I think it is better to book off... If you're like, I'm not doing anything music-wise or comedy, I feel like I can only take off a month, mm. but like a month. No, I'm not being booked for yeah, May. Yeah, yeah. That would be amazing because then it's not like you're just drifting out of the, mm. the scene and then people <laughs> yeah. will go, oh yeah, where did Kate go? Be like, I'm not doing May, but then like you're still 
Yeah. People know that I'm going to be back in, in June, June. All the tazes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with you know better jokes and refreshed and feeling. That's so much more autistic than me because I'm like I'm going to go away for like three years. And then <laughs> if you did that, I'm not at the level. But I mean, what is yeah. it? Yeah, there are comedians who take a step away for however long and then yeah, come yeah. back. And but usually in that time, they've just gotten more rich, and so they're so out of touch. Mm. And then their jokes yeah. that are awful, and you're like, I kind of wish you'd stayed away. Yeah. <laughs> I just I did that with the podcast though. Like, I used to try and do it every week, and it's such an unnecessary pressure. Like, this takes so much effort yes. to do, like on yeah. top of a full time job. Like, yeah. I love it, but it's like I'm just not an organised person. I've like having to email people constantly, have episodes. It's like now I'm just like we're not going to put any episodes out for this. I'll just block out. I'm like say this month we'll just not have any episodes. So yeah. it's like much easier because you just take the pressure off. Yes, it's not it's, it's not fun recording an episode when you feel like you need to just get one in the bank. Like and that's and then you just, get into that place of like yeah. why well, just need to keep churning it out of like content yeah. creation versus yeah it's like what why am I actually doing this in the first place? Yeah, enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's definitely. Yeah, good le- good lesson of 2023. Yeah. Um, but I want to quickly shout out Working Differently, which I, obviously I know we spoke about in the podcast before, but that wasn't out when you'd last been on the podcast right. probably. But I just, I think that's been, the impact that's had in the industry so far, I think it's amazing. So like, yeah, I know we were both part of it, but I'm just, I want to mention it again, if you haven't seen it, to go, yes. go and watch this documentary. Go to it's made such an impact on... Screen Scotland. Yeah. There's a link underneath the show. Okay, good. I was like, where is it? You said you weren't prepared. Yeah, yeah, and it's only 20 minutes. I know, and it's so, such a good film. Hannah's done such a good job of it. Like, It's just making an impact to people in the industry that understand. I've had yeah. people come up to me and go, I had no idea you were dislikes or whatever like, until I'd seen that. And I'm like, oh, it's all good. You know? Yeah. It's just interesting to... I know, it's nice to feel you having an impact on stuff, and even if we were just a small part of it. So I know. That was really cool. So many people sent messages being like, oh, I just loved the film, and I was like, I had nothing. Like, <laughs> I did such a small yeah. part, but I will pass it on because, yeah, yeah. I think it was. it turned out really, really great. I'm sure. Also, underneath the podcast is links to all Kate and Matt's work, etc. As well. So, Thank you. You know, even if you listen on Spotify, like you know, still yeah. get Matt the streams a little bit. You know, it's yeah. still good. Does Go you... buy the vinyl. That's where the money's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Does YouTube? Do you put anything on YouTube? Is it like? This is a genuine question, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, whenever I go on YouTube, but like, I mean, we've got some videos, we didn't do that many videos, which is right. kind of our calling card, but it's too expensive, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. But there is, like, you, it goes on it, it says, like, YouTube music, and it has all our songs on it. I don't know who did it, it wasn't me, so <laughs> maybe some, uh, see if someone else is making money off it, good on them. Mm. So, <laughs> they, they deserve it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think Lemmy did that with his, like, Lemmy uh, clip things, because that's where everyone watches his little Twitch streams. Yeah. You just like to the guy, go on, you go enjoy it, you go and make the effort to do it, like. Yeah. If you're gonna, yeah, because like yeah. you said, people forget that like a podcast needs to be edited mm. and rendered. Like this is all the little yeah, steps yeah. it takes up time and energy. So if yeah, someone's going through the Twitch stream, clipping it up. If somebody wants to clip this up by the end. Yeah, more than editing that. it, putting it online. <laughs> Did it like there's and yeah. writing the captions. I'd rather have some wee bam was getting my royalties in a major label so yeah. I'm like good on you man but I just yeah, I wondered I was like is YouTube better for royalties than I, I, Spotify I, I, I don't know see, see even in terms of like who's the best and who's the worst I think it's it all... has a difference of like 0.003 pence you know like I think someone's quite close to like a pound or, or 10 pence whatever it is so it's like yeah that's pretty rubbish that's where vinyl's great and, and we sold and that was cool like you know it took us three years to sell out the vinyl from our first record and we sold more than that mm. in like three weeks. Amazing. Great. So that's like crazy, right? So yeah. that's where it's at. It's kind of nice to have like a, not a tactile, a like a clear, like evidence base. Yeah. Instead of because because the arts are so non-linear and you're like, am I getting better? I don't know. It's yeah. all still hard. To be, but you have a fact like 
this is how long it took us to sell this many vinyls and now like yeah. th- it's like such a nice art so now when we come back again it's like okay well we have to hit this next thing yeah and it's tangible like i never yes go, like, tangible I'm, I'm not going like tile. okay guys we sold 600 tickets so now it's time to sell 6,000 it's like no now we need to, now we need to go over the thousand yeah exactly you know we sold over a thousand records needs to be like two thousand yeah i think if more people thought like that it, it would be easier to have It'd be easier as well because we'd be able to have conversations like actually you don't need to because what happens right now is like there's either no investment or a lot of investment and it's like actually like micro investments are really great and it's really easy to pay back and it's manageable and it retains like worth and rights and comes at the right time and could be really overwhelming if someone just goes, here's all this money and you're at this age and you're like, oh, I don't know what that, ah. Yeah. It's like, it's actually like, do you know what, we just need this right now to get off the ground. Yes. And we'll come back to you when we need more. And then, then you're not in this like, constant spiral in debt yeah. to some big company that, is like, like that's nothing to them, but at yeah. the same time they're like, it's enough for us to know that you've not made it back in the time we wanted, so you're now not with us, but you still owe us that money. And so now it's a failure, quote yeah. unquote, you're, instead yeah, of... you're a failure. Just unnecessary stress that it yeah. brings to something you do because you enjoy it as well. Yeah. No, but I really like the new model you had of like doing the little acoustic show in the chat, and like the idea of that touring around, like, I, I can yeah. see where that's translated to people yeah. so much, because it's, it's just a bit different to you, a normal gig. Yeah, and I think like, I just find gigs boring, like... People are changing, like, yeah. music's falling behind, but it's just so, it's not doing anything new. Mm. And uh, we need to have changes if we're going to save the business. And like, I think a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people have this, like, it will hopefully happen for me one day or it's going to come back. And I don't think a lot of people realise that, like, we're actually in, really in danger of losing music mm. as we know it. Or yeah. in, in any sort of great sense. And, you know, there'll always be these people who come up. That's what's really annoying when you try and talk about these things. If I do it, I'm doing it from a place of like, I, I love, I actually love the business. And yeah. I, I want to see people mm. succeed. And there's always those accounts that come on and go like, but play, playing devil's advocate, why, why are you sticking up for the majors? Why are you yeah. playing devil's advocate? Like, this system is not working for anybody. Mm. Like, we need to change it. And if we don't change it, we're going to lose it. And everyone's like, mm. But it's that hope yeah. of like getting there. Like, well, I want to stick around long enough that I might get that easy, easy route. Why, why do we need to have Adele's and millionaires and all that? Like, why can't we have artists that earn enough to pay their it's bills? It's a living wage. Just yeah. Yeah. You know, make a living. Like, make a living. Because it's like, either there's like 5% of musicians making enough to make, what well, they could just never retire after yeah. like 10 years. And then 95% of musicians aren't even making minimum wage. It's like, that's not a good system. No. So, it needs to change, that's it. No, yes. for sure. Let's take that into 2024. It, needs to, it yes. does need to change. Obviously, I, I always call this a Christmas special, and I feel like I've done it. This is the fourth one I've done of this thing. There's only so many questions you can ask people about Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Me and Matt covered a lot of last year, but I want to know, Kate, uh-huh. what your Christmas looks like. What's a Canadian Christmas? Tell us about that. What, oh, what I mean, I think so much of it is like. I made my own traditions within my family because we're, it was quite general. So on, on New Year's Eve, uh, Christmas Eve, sorry, <laughs> jumping ahead, we had, you go to church and you had like a little, not nativity, this Sunday school always, did, you do some sort of, I don't know who was writing the plays when I was growing up, but they were pretty avant, you know, <laughs> someone was having fun. And then you sing a bunch of hymns and you have a candle. This is the best part, like what I looked forward to is you had a candle and then it would be, you know, I think, someone would light the candle at the front of the church and then you'd pass it all around and you'd sing Silent Night and they'd shut off the lights. Mm-hmm. So like, it's this candlelit, like stained glass church in the middle of nowhere countryside. And that was just always the most beautiful moment what I look mm-hmm. forward to. But now, I, 
I've, I've made a tradition where on Christmas Eve I make fondue. That's my thing. I melt cheese and then you <laughs> wow. eat it. I'm not going home this year, so I'm just having it in Scotland. I'm having it in Scotland. So that's why I also was like, oh, right. I, you have to, no one's going to make Christmas magic mm. for me. I have to make it magic for myself because I, you know, I'm single and I am not going to go to my family. So, but I like it because it's exactly. quite, it is nice. There's less pressure of, you know, in family stuff. You're just kind of like, I, and I find checklists very useful, but like, and it makes me sound like a type A person, but it's more to be like, you know, it'll be a check to be like, have a chai latte, have a, do this, <laughs> make a mince pie, you know? And it's just nice things for you to, to, that's tangible for me to keep track and look back. And it was like, that was a really nice day because look at all these things I did, even if it's, mm. you know, make sure you eat more chocolate, but I can check that off and go, wow, I did yeah. that and watch a movie or do this. Cool. And then, yeah, it's just. This year, me and my Canadian flatmate are going to a friend's house as they're also oh, nice. staying for Christmas. So I think it'll be a nice one. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that sounds very fun. I mean, you were talking last year about how the Christmas before last year, you and your partner just had like a really nice day, went to the beach, yeah. just like didn't make, put any pressure on it. It's just like, yeah. I like when people do it at Christmas, they don't have, because you don't always have to conform it. Christmas, we said this last year, it's about like spending time with family really and all the rest of it's just, you know, quite commercialised, etc. There's lots of nice things around it, but yeah, the essence of yeah. Christmas is about family and doing you know not working yeah uh, i think last year we must have watched seven of the worst holiday movies you've ever <laughs> seen it was beautiful it was great because then you you can leave you know you walk out of the room for a bit you come back you're like i don't think i missed a thing like yeah. it's it's great it was just like a very nice yeah chill day i'm gonna watch violent night this year oh yeah i saw it's on night i'm gonna get that yeah that's why i'm gonna watch it yeah well, that actually very nicely leads on to the next question, which is about, like, I mean, we talked about this last year, but is, do you have, like, a favourite Christmas film? You can have a trashy one and then a, an actual good one. Yeah, I mean, it's... So, with my flat, I created a December movie list, because mm. <laughs> I love checklists, and it was quite a range, because so we made December movies, so... Chicken Run 2 is coming out. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, very soon. It's yeah. Good, and my one flatmate loves it. So, we've, we've watched Chicken Run... We'll, mm. we'll watch Chicken Run 2. We've also watched The Holiday, Elf's on the List, The Muppet mm. Christmas Carol. It's hard to choose a favorite one because it really is, it's so nice that you can kind of, you know, decide based on your mood yeah. what that. You're like, actually, tonight is for Muppet Christmas Carol. Or like, mm, I want a little more Bill Murray, so Scrooged. Or, you know, they've done every, you know, five iterations of every story mm. so it's um yeah it's safe it's safe viewing you know it's going to end up okay it relaxes our brain to watch that you know and even if, if people judge you for liking love actually it's like it's it's all fine yeah just be fi- it's all fine <laughs> like just watch actually it watched the christmas film this year to be fair no, you I, haven't? I haven't got around to it yet. i know and we're like midway through yeah uh, have you felt very festive this year no this is something <laughs> last year <too. laughs> No, consistent in that way. I don't even have a Christmas tree. <laughs> we only got one yesterday. Oh, apparently, we have one. In the flat. I've not been back to the flat, but apparently, we have one now, and it's been decorated. But I took no part in it. So. <laughs> but do you like? Is it okay being there? Or is there like a bit of distaste towards it? I have no. I have nothing against Christmas. I just like if yeah. it passed me by, I wouldn't be sad. Mm. Like yeah. Well, I thought about this because of our conversation last year, so I, w- I wonder if you could both invent your own sort of festivity day. Ooh. Any time of the year, what, what, sort of, what would your like, day be to celebrate something? What would we be celebrating? Anything you want. Like, you could decide. Mm. It could be anything. I would just make, like... I love wrestling, so I'd make WrestleMania a public holiday. Like, <laughs> I'd be up in big screens and all that, and like, every, everyone has to dress as a, a, like an 80s wrestler. 
Yeah, it's, it, it, what would you call it? What would you call the day? Um, oh, I don't know. Come back. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. That's I know. I'm putting you on the spot, so I'll give you yeah. no warning. Oh, Just WrestleMania day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, WrestleMania we'll take that. We'll take that. That's hard to do in the stars, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. That's good. What about you? Yeah, that's a tricky one. I mean, that's why, you know, I like, it's not that I especially love Christmas, but I love, like, there being reasons to be excited mm, about yeah. things. I mean, like, oh, great, let's, we can put up yeah. some decorations or we can make this or, like, f- ways of, like, making people feel special and honestly track the changing of time. You know, it'd yeah. be like, oh, this is when my room looked a little bit different because it was <laughs> December. Yeah. So I would want the holiday to be very visual. I'm going to do like a public relations person where I don't actually tell you anything about the holiday, but I tell you, it's going to be big, it's going to be massive, it's visual, it's life-changing, it's a day in, I think we do need more in like, maybe the end of January. January, February is really February, tough I know this Valentine's Day, but it's not a real, yeah, it's not, it's not, not a real holiday. holiday. Yeah. And I do think we need to, yeah, you need to look forward to something when it's kind of cold and miserable, so... Yeah, February 1st. Maybe it's a day where like you get to just go and see any, any sort of creative project for free. Any, anywhere they can all go yeah. and access it. Or everyone has to make yeah. and the a theatre show. <laughs> I remember being in Brighton and I sat and I was eating outside myself and uh, a guy sat, was like, sat with me and I was like, oh, of course. And he was telling me, like, you know, today's like a special day in Brighton. Like Everyone opens their house and you can just go into any house and it's a total thing. And I was like, this is either like the most beautiful thing <laughs> Or lie. Or you are a crook, <laughs> and you're trying to recruit me to rob yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get done. But like that, I was like, that's kind of a lovely thing if it's true. If mm-hmm. everyone just opens their doors for a day, yeah. and you can just go and see other folks' house. Especially when that sort of community thing doesn't feel the yeah. same in the, the yeah. way we live our lives. Now. Community day would be good, wouldn't it? If, yeah. like, yes. if communities had to get together for a day and just be mm-hmm. like. Well, that's what I was first thinking. Was oh, I think the most the best times are like those, kind of like, you know, church would have like a a day where you do three-legged races and sack races and hold an egg, you know, just like all the little, like, uh, almost taskmastery type, you know, races that don't really mean anything, but it's so much fun to get into. And I feel like those are such community-oriented events that you can get together, and it's just, like, fun and bonding. What about a day where, like, they turn off, like, like there's no TVs, uh-huh. there's no, they turn off Wi-Fi, there's no way oh, to access thing, anything, yeah. phones can't yeah. work and all that? You just have to go outside and experience life. Just, just for one day a year. Yeah, I do pity anyone who has a heart attack on that day. But otherwise, oh, but it's, it's, we can make hey, it. You've still got a phone. You can still use a telephone and call nine one one. Just not this. You said no phones. Mobile phones, like smartphones. Uh. Just, it's like you have the phone <laughs> option, but you can't use it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. could play Snake too, but you yeah. can <laughs> Google it. That's the only <laughs> game. That's the only game you can have. I do miss. I was thinking about this. How like. Even a few, well, a few years ago, 10 years ago, like you think about it, if, I remember being at a, at a wedding and chatting, you know, with my brothers and family at the table. Mm. We're trying to name an actor of who, who was that, who played in it. And be, smartphones weren't a thing. Yeah. And like, just the fun we had being like, yeah. no, you sit down, it's not that guy. And just uh. the like, the, it was such a good memory, but now we would just look it up right away. Well, my dad used to, when I was, even when we had dinner, he used to give me an encyclopedia or a book he would have and say, why don't look it up? That's what, just because he wanted me to learn. But I never, when I was a teenager, he used to be such, so, not yeah. nasty, but just like yeah. such a little diva to be like, oh, I'm so unhelpful. Like, I think that was a really good parent in time. So. Yeah. Also, yeah. Like, remember when you used to like, so say you saw like a music video and you were like, oh my God, and you would just sit and go, I'm going to have to sit and watch this music video channel for about three hours till I see this again. Yeah. And, and like the way we access things that like, even... 
queuing to get tickets or literally queuing going in to buy a single because you'd heard it on the radio and you thought like we're just missing all those things like going yeah. to Blockbuster and you're like oh I'll just rent the like, and, yeah. and, and I, I would go and like rent the same video every time <laughs> well isn't it on it so watching the holiday <laughs> there was like there's a character who's like an old writer Hollywood writer man right mm. and he even says he's like I checked the ratings there's like nine movies coming out today we used to have nine movies coming out like a month and he's like and this is supposed to improve quality bah. And I was like, yeah, like a man. I was like, yes, oh my gosh, I agree with this man from the holiday. And they also, there's a big scene in a blockbuster. And you're like, all right, because you used to go through and have conversations and take a risk on something. And even if you didn't like it, like how, even if you're on Netflix or something, even I catch myself just going, "Eh." you know, like you just, you spend spend 20 minutes just scrolling when you're like, just choose what it's an over like it's like over saturation of choice yeah just like that we don't have to handle and the gambling instinct of us yeah. wanting to well because if I just keep going there's one mm. well there'll be a perfect choice I'm soon. quite good for just like as soon as I put it on I feel there and I just go I put it on yeah I try and do it to myself and, no but, it's but, good yeah but also like I have this thing with Netflix where I watch things and I, and I like to guess at what draft they said it was okay to be often <laughs> often I think the first, first that's the first drafter I watch things and I love like thinking like that this yeah. makes no sense to anybody. Yeah. I go, what was the original mm-hmm. script and what, what do they have to cut? And I also yeah. love when something mental happens you're like, and because you know how many people have to go for you. Like, how did that many yes. people? Like, I'd yeah. love to have been a fly on the wall like where that was signed off at because I find it bizarre. But those things must be that at some point in the chain somebody said they liked it they thought, well, I can't disagree with them. Yeah. That, that has to be what it is because they go, I'm not going to be the one that said mm. It's so challenging to like have that as a script that where you're like, I fundamentally don't agree with that but you just... You, you, it's not really your position because you get to a point where you're like the exec or whatever you know it's their decision so you just yeah. have to you can only do so much you can fight for the story and you can make a point you can say I think this doesn't work because of this but ultimately like so you know can't, can't make that decision so I always feel sorry for scripters when I watch bad things I'm like I'm sure there's a really good script out there that fought as hard as they could yeah. <laughs> yeah. and now has to have their name on I would definitely not last in that business because my notes would just be garbage you have to be very <laughs> pragmatic all the time yeah. it's a very hard job it's a very yeah. hard job it's okay little writer good yeah. job come on yeah you have to be honest and not honest at the same time that's yeah. just I don't have that in me it's very hard thinking back on this you're speaking of TV and films that what are the sort of highlights for both of you? Are there any films you'd seen this year you loved? I mean, part of the highlight <laughs> for me was um, we had a meeting with a commissioner and they were talking about so them and their head, like their boss, head commissioner, went to go see a run-through of a show. Mm. That was then, it's like on TV. And he was like, I walked out of that room, he's like, I didn't like it. But then his boss said, oh, I think that's great. And he's like, so I had to like, ooh, take a step back and then recalibrate so I could agree with her. And I was like, what? I think learning that for me was an interesting thing. Being like, so you, your job is commissioning. And instead of bringing a different opinion to the table, like you were just talking about, even you were just, just changed it to match your boss's yeah. point of view. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay, so nothing means anything, and if they ret- if they reject one of my things, like you do, you know what I mean? It kind of is like, yeah, you just have a, as many ideas as you can and mm-hmm. keep going because yeah. like there's just very little rhyme or reason, or if someone likes it or someone doesn't, you just need you're gonna meet people, and it's gonna if yeah. you keep trucking, it's gonna happen. I guess I, I do a similar thing with like TV and film and even music <clears throat> in the year where. It's such a long year that I, I don't I couldn't tell you what year I watched the like you could say a, a film came out this year and I go was that this yeah, year yeah, I thought yeah. I was like 
So I find that really hard to figure out what my highlights were in terms of like film and TV. Because I can't think what I, I watched. I know. And yeah. I watched so we had the exact so same problem last year. We could both yeah. confirm. And I was, because I was doing a bit of research this year because I didn't do enough last year. Because you never tell me in advance before I got, have you said to me before you yeah. come in that? I know, I, I should look through a letterbox to see if I fit anything in. I don't want it to be more natural though. I wanted to be Because <laughs> I always send questions for the average episodes. I like to keep mm. these ones. Right. With the, the Glasgow Film Festival, that's probably the most films I've watched. I remember like going out and seeing other than like repeats or something at home. Blackberry at the GFF. Uh, I've seen that, yeah, I've heard. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was more surprising because so we went to, my friend asked if I wanted to go and I was like, great. And I'm just with being busy, I don't, I don't look up what I'm going to see. I'm like, great. If it's a good film, it's going to bring me into the story without me, mm. you know, having to know what it's about. And then I didn't realize it was about the phone. It, it was invented in Kitchener, Ontario. That's like right next to where I grew up. Oh. And so all the shots of the beginning, I was like, yeah, I drive there like every, you know. <laughs> and also my grandpa was in the same ham radio club, of course. <laughs> they were in a ham radio club as the inventor of Blackberry. He actually got like, he offered my grandpa like stocks and my grandpa was like, oh no, no, no. So it was just one of those stories where I was just kind of like, oh, that's so cool. And it was really funny and, and super interesting and well done. And I think like it was just fun to see Canada on screen as a dramatic. It, usually people are like, all oh, the drama happens in the U.S. and Canada's just kind of like, you yeah. know, ooh, it's a drama about horses. So this is nice to see like yeah. drama of like business and tax mm. fraud and, and all that. So I, I guess like um, that would be my film highlight because it's one of the only ones I can think of right well, now. I, I also feel like I've used to, I said this last year as well, like I was going to try and watch more films. I've watched less than I did last year. I didn't watch many last year. <laughs> yeah. I just haven't made time for it. I'm trying to, I think... Well, it's easier to put on an episode of TV because you're like, well, it's yeah. not a, like a film can feel, especially when they're two and a half hours. I know, which it's a lot a of commitment. them have been this year. I keep going and looking at films. I'm like, oh, it's far too long. I don't have to yeah. Yeah. I know, it's too Kind of big punt, isn't it? And like, yeah. I I've seen a, I see a lot of films over like this year, and I don't know if it's because the year's been so full on. I've been trying to watch all the garbage films like that I know mm. on the tin. It's just nonsense, like Cocaine yeah. Bear. That was yeah, that yeah, was yeah, good yeah. fun, though. Wasn't and it? it was good fun, and I went, I did what I said in the tin. Yeah, yeah. right. So more honest. Yeah, yeah. No, no one said this is going to be good. No. Well, after you, yeah, after you talked about it last year, I keep said the word last year like six times in the last two minutes. But yeah. uh, Bullet Train I watched, yeah. and I, again like that, it was trash, but it's so much. It was so it was fun. fun. Yeah. I, I was way funner than I expected it to be, and I was like, yeah, that's great. But again, I watched that this year. I, it came out last year, but to me, it, you know, yeah, it's, exactly. it's a film. Yeah. yeah. What was it? The movie Air about Nike. Yeah, I've not yeah. watched that yet either. But. I. I think I put it on not almost as a joke to be like, oh, I just want to see the first five minutes. I want to see it. And yeah, it's it's tragically watchable. It's so it was so we just watched the whole thing and we're like, yeah, it's good. I didn't looking at it. I was like, why do we need to see the white men behind the marketing <laughs> campaign of Michael Jordan? And they didn't ever show Michael Jordan. Anyway, oh, there's problems with it. But you're yeah. like, it was an entertaining film. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, a lot of pieces I think want to make you more uncomfortable than they do want to tell you a story. I don't know if it came out this year, but. I watched that program Blue Lights. Is that what it's called? It's yeah, Blue Lights was quite good. Yeah, oh, really good. Oh, that was STV yeah. who used to work for their sister company. I was told about name Two Cities. So they make that. Yeah, mm. it was really yeah. good. I, and and yeah, I, I always like stumbled onto it because I watched the documentary series Once Upon a Time in Northern Ireland. This is a very good documentary. This is the first episode. Oh yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable documentary. Unbelievable documentary. That. Yeah, I started it. And uh, then it came on after as like the suggested mm. thing, and I right. was like, oh, that was great. First time I felt like emotionally invested in a character in a while. Like, mm-hmm. Not the main character, I couldn't care less about them. But, because th- that fell into that same trap of like an unexplained... This is a thing in like Celtic 
television, it's like the unexplained English lead. I don't know where that's come from, but like, stop doing yeah, it. It's so weird. Like, I know it happens all the time. I think Vigil does it as well. The Scottish show. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What is okay? What was the show? Also Ireland about the like the Magdalen laundry houses. Oh, I know the one you mean. Ruth Wilson Batman. stars yeah, in it. a couple of years ago, didn't it? Or was it this year? No, it was this year. A TV not, series. I've like, uh, yeah. And the most handsome man, <laughs> Daryl Summer or something. Can't come up with the name of it because I'm not going to Google it after what you said earlier. When oh, God. Anyway, but, that yeah. show was... I'll record myself saying what the show is and insert <laughs> it at this point. Please do. <laughs> I'll do that later, yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's future Jamie here. As promised, the show that Kate is in fact referring to is called The Woman in the Wall. That was, I think, again, because for work and then I don't have much time, I just, I, I skip her. I watch pilots as much as mm-hmm. I can. I just watch. so really I, good for work, yeah. So I get the tone of what a show is and then mm-hmm. I can move around. But that was one show where I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch the second yeah. and third. I'm going to watch the whole series because it was, mm-hmm. it was good. I filmed this other show and I was, I was there last week for the first time I was in London, but I watched Rye Lane, which came out this show. That's oh, a great yeah. film. Yeah, seen it was Rye Lane. It was just a really nice film and like... It was nice to go to where they like be in like sort of pepper yeah. and stuff. And it, it was you know. nice as well because it wasn't like there's so much commissioning in Brit- in Britain in particular around black people and black people in London. It's so stereotypical yeah. and, and almost racist in its commission. That mm-hmm. it was nice to see like just and black people having like a normal day. Yeah, yeah. No, like, this yeah, is not, this exactly. is refresh. I mean, there were still so many hints to the to the culture, but like. It wasn't like a film about the culture. It was yeah, in your like, face. Yeah, and, and I always think like I think Caliber is our Scottish version of that. Where I it's agree. like yeah. it's it's a film in its own right. It's not a Scottish film because a lot of Scottish films mm. are. Yeah, I completely agree. With that. I use that as an example all the time when I'm talking about like an example of a Scottish film that doesn't feel like it's been like you know it's got tartan yeah. shortbread tin or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's a really great film. Yeah, Rylan Star. So I got to see Poor Things, which I think comes out in January in cinema, but that was oh, also very yes. good. Totally blank the name of the director. Did The Lobster and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was very good. They're sort of two stands out. Two I've standouts. Heard, I've heard it's good, yeah. Yeah, and then The Nerd in Me, for me, again, to see Doctor Who come back, for me, I, I, I yeah. enjoyed it. I, was, you know, I felt like my inner child was healed a little bit, which was quite a nice experience. I only finished that this morning. I'm not sure about By Generation. Well, that's fine. It's a big spoiler here for anyone that's not seen it. But, um, I mean, it's... It's like, yeah, in a few weeks. Exactly, You'd have plenty exactly. of time. You've had time. You'd have plenty of time. I mean, this might be a good question for you, Matt, but albums that have stood out to you this year, apart from Demons, of course. Of course. <laughs> I think Young Father's Heavy Heavy. Oh, it's my just, God. It's like, very good. It's very good album. That's, it's like, it's, I think we'll... I think... I say this all the time, we'll look back. But I think we will. We'll, it's a masterpiece. Like, yeah, it was exceptional. I thought uh, Neil Maltz, if you know Neil Maltz, yeah, album good. was absolutely... I mean, they're just an amazing band, like so underrated as well. They've been around for a long time as well, but yeah, yeah, yeah they've been around for a bit, but like, you know, they they they've worked really hard and they've had their ups and downs, you know. But Mark Sharp as well. Yeah, Mark Sharp, I love Sharpie. What else came out this year? That's so different. I was struggling to think of this earlier. Me and my friend Liam, who I live with, is next door at the moment. We were discussing. I was like, I can't think of many albums that came out this yeah, year. Like, Adam had a new album out this year. Pretty good, fucking pretty good offering. I saw something the other day that someone posted about it, and I thought I didn't think that was this year. I thought that was a great record, but yeah, there was that was a tough one. It's hard to know because again, you listen to such a volume, and we listen across years now so frequently. It's really hard to pinpoint. Like, I I think there was a lot of dreadful records this year as well. Like really awful. Top ten most dreadful records. (laughs) I'm not going to start shitting on people, but like, yeah, there were some good EPs this year. I wish people would stop calling them albums. I think that's another thing. So. It's like imagine imagine you were in like an award for like best feature film in a short one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's weird. Way it's taking it. the piss. You're like, just like yeah, it's yeah. not. 
Yeah, it's not quite right. Do you have any albums or songs that have stood out to you? I'm such a weird music listener in that, like, I I I do less albums. I do more like songs that I find, Mm. and then those will be my repeat songs. But yeah, I I got to see Young Fathers this year, and it's it's funny because like I don't know how I first heard their music, but it was in Montreal. This was like Mm. ages ago. And then, you know, found tape one and tape two and was like, oh my God, like, you know, because Shame was on one of those, I think. Or mm. anyway, now I'm getting all mixed up. I'm terrible with names as well. So yeah, it's like one of those things where like, I don't sit and go like, this song is called this, but you know, <laughs> I'm just like, I, I am. That song that sounds like this. Yeah, I intake the music and I'm like, and put that on repeat and then I'm gonna, you know, do whatever. But yeah, so it's been fun kind of like, then moving here and be like, oh my God, there's a Scottish band. And then like, uh, and then they, it feels like they really yeah. hit like a huge surge this year. And they were playing at Latitude, but at the same time I was performing, it was one of those things where you're like, this is the only band that I was like out of my head excited to to watch. And then like the next day, the Guardian did a write up being like, Young Fathers is hands down the best live band in the UK I, I, I right now. And I was like, yeah. no. I really wanted to see them this year and I never made the time for it. I kept missing the game. I'm so I bad went, for going to I gigs went now. The Barra show. It's euphoric. <sighs> the bar- I think the Barra's would have been better because that was sold out. So I went to the Edinburgh. Yeah. What was it? The I forget what was that. It was Usher Queen, Queen Talk. Usher, Usher Hall. Hall. Usher yeah. Hall. I was meant to go to that show as well and then just never. Yeah. Right. It was a beautiful venue. First time I was in there. But obviously when you're in the seated ones, is like you. that's the music I want to be up on my feet yeah. for. But even looking down at the uh, at the stalls, it was such a, I was like, it's such a, I don't know. It felt like an Edinburgh crowd where people mm. were like, yeah, mm. I, I like Young Falls that, and I'm into this. And I was like, the bars would have been going crazy. I know people who have seen them like over this, the whole start of this process yeah. and they did the Academy and like mm. the crowds... Like it felt like such a Radio Six dad audience. Was, like lots of people with tote bags and like for young fathers even. Yeah, and really. It was like, for how cool a band they are, like you know, Kelly and Murphy's calling them like the coolest band yeah. on there. Like the audience isn't for Barras wasn't very cool that night. I was like, oh, I, so I wonder. I wonder if almost <clears> they're <throat> they're such a cool band that the cool people is. But you find I find it shows cool people don't want to dance. They want to like. Yeah. I'm in taking the. That's music. what I mean. No, but like the, the audience has become like as cool as them, and that, said, yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. kind of weird. It was kind of like I'm sure there was patches of yeah. people. Yeah, they've got such a, a a spectrum of an audience. Yeah. it's really interesting mm. to see that. It's not often you get that where because quite often it's like. Well, you know, you go and you go, oh God, this is this audience and I can't believe we're here. You know, it wasn't like yeah. that. It's like, whoa, like, the, yeah. Different um, vibes. But I, I also think, like, for me, I'm not sure if I, I know many albums this year because I was living my own, if that makes yeah, sense. Course, like, because right. everything was yeah. so focused on what we were doing, I wasn't really taking in content. I feel like maybe next year when I'm not doing it, I'll be like, oh my goodness, I can't get enough of I'll be listening to records and thinking yeah. again. Like, and I'll send you the questions then. Yeah, and then I'll be, I'll be better at answering. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed your crowds? You know what your crowds kind of like? Because I think your crowds are always quite mixed, actually. Yeah. And age demographic. Yeah. So I was thinking, I sent this to my partner I went to the gigs with. I was like, it's so hard to like work out the like Browner's demographic because it's such a mix of yeah. ages. And it's just cool because it... But you know, really young people and there's like yeah. kids that are like obsessed with it do that. you remember in the Dunfermline show I came to see it and the, the guy that you got a picture with you'd had one like you'd got one as a child and then he was like all yeah. up. That was, that was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. And then there's like wee kids that love Love it, and the, their parents like when we did George Square, there was just like all these kids there because like well, we can't come to any of your gigs, and I was like, what? Like, for, for like five year olds, I was like, but how how do you know, Brim Bear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our audience is really mixed, yeah. It's, 
I think that's a good thing. I think, I think so. music travels. And it. also, like, we have a lot of like people from different communities, like like people of color, people from like like the LGBTQ plus community, like which is you, someone I know from that community who'd been to the gig and I had gotten to them and, and they were saying like we were super worried in case the gig was going to be like kind mm. of like a rock gig and like the kind of people and then they were like it was just so friendly and welcoming and I was like I think we've worked really hard yeah. to have like, a nice crowd yeah. and do have a nice crowd and, and like it's you know Pei who's an incredible artist was saying to me after that Pei was one of the singers for St Luke's and Chilean was saying after like it's not lost to me how many black people are in that crowd because you don't see black people at gigs Mm. And especially when Scotland pushes so hard this narrative of like black people only listen to hip hop, and then I think a lot of people come to our guys and go like, we actually love some yeah. music. And for me, it's really refreshing because I I never saw myself in yeah. bands mm. I watched or the audiences I was in. So yeah, I'm I'm really proud of how different and like, but th- even with all those differences, everyone's so friendly to each other, and they just I guess the thing that brought everyone there is that love of songs. And mm. same with young fathers, it's that love of the sound, and that's why the audience. Yeah. Whereas like some bands like are trends so like everyone that's mm. going is part of that trend it's not from a genuine mm. a genuine love of everything that they output because that mm. even that band comes on dressed in the way that the yeah. crowd want to see them whereas i feel like we just just come on like and we are, we are. <laughs> yeah oh, that's great do you have a, a, a comedian or a comedy show that is a highlight from this year that you'd seen Ooh, that's a great question i think the scottish scene is so strong right now like it's the just head and shoulders like above, I mean, Priya, I think, was saying, mm. like, Scottish comedians at Head and Shoulders above the London scene. Um, and it's a real shame that they continue to be, I don't know, taken less seriously or just not recognized in awards, especially as much as, mm. as comedians from around the rest of the UK, because they are just so consistent and, and, and just, yeah, bringing something completely different, I think, to the, to the stage. Um, and it's sad when people who are living up here then move down to London yeah. just because they feel like that's the only way to kind of take the next step or do something different. But I'm trying to think of like what shows I actually saw. I love Sam Lake as a comedian. I think he's so funny. He's like one of the few comedians who was in London and moved up to Edinburgh and has just been like smashing it. Christopher MacArthur Boyd as well. Amazing. I haven't watched a lot of online shows, like comedians shows, to be honest, which is interesting because usually I would watch a lot more, but I think I don't have my own Netflix account anymore, so (laughs) I don't watch it. And that's where most of comedian stuff is on. (laughs) Like you'll have some on iPlayer, but it's quite like, it's quite from a long time ago. But yeah, just anyone on the Scottish circuit is, it's like amazing going to a show and being impressed and like so happy to be, you know, among mm. those are my peers. And like you're gonna yeah, with a dash of jealousy of like, oh, that was a great joke. I wish I mm. thought of it first. Mm. But I love that because that means like I'm being challenged, right? You know, better stuff and come up with new stuff and and, and yeah. collaborate. And I really want to get along to more stuff and yeah, and to keep see more things, not just at the fringe or like the odd night. You know what I mean? Yeah. See more comedy and have more comedians on the podcast because. I've not had enough on. It's a really interesting medium. And they're hustlers. Yeah, definitely. Have you seen any good comedians before doing my last question? I don't know if I saw any comedians this year. Other than I saw a comedian at the at the Free Friends show was just terrible. And uh, I paid eighteen pounds for a comedian. Yeah. It was just terrible. Yeah. So you know, it's I, all it's I, everywhere. I actually was a friend to see Frankie Boyle this year to just to see what was up and how it was going. I wasn't sure, and uh, it was surprisingly really on it. Great that I think he's quite like, sharp at his political observations. Yeah, do you know? Do you know? What I feel like as a, as a kind of like in the landscape of the comedians, where maybe seeing not at the local level, but at like the mainstream mm-hmm. level, everything happening in the world, they're not really 
they're the ones that should be same, same with music by the way like they should be calling it out and they should be like on yeah. it and, and it kind of feels like they're scared to put their career in line and, and he yeah. was just and I, get, I guess maybe it's because he's moved away from the mainstream he was kind of coming out and being quite on because I, I was I was really apprehensive like I'm, I'm, I, think, I think I'm either going to love it or hate this yeah. and I was actually really great yeah. I think most of with comedians like that it's interesting because you can it's tough you can love 90% of what they're saying and then sometimes a comedian will just have one joke that'll go Mm. Oh really? Like it was just yeah. everything else is amazing with that one joke. I did. It's like this. Here's three things or why that was not okay. And then it, it's so it is tough sometimes. I think I think a lot of people feel probably about Frankie Boyle's that like they do love it, but then there's two, you know the balance yeah. of things that they don't yeah. love. I, I I saw more theater this year. Mm. Is there any standout theater? That's something I should obviously uh, <coughs> yeah, shine a light on as well. Actually. I wish I could remember the name. So I went to see... It was on twice at the Chav. I think it might have been on Lords. We went two nights. First with Greg McHugh, the second with Jack Loudon. And it's a writer from Iran and he does the show all over the world. There's the mm. same show all over the world and then he gets them to speak in his language. It's... it's is it called Nassim? Is that what the show's called? It's, it's utterly incredible. And we saw it twice with two different people. So every night it's like a different person. And it's just... Mind blowingly good, good, heartbreaking, emotional, joyful. Mm. It was brilliant. I saw Ice Hole, which was like all cardboard puns, basically. Was that oh, called? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was amazing. And and during Manipulate last year, well, this year, I saw a show, and I wish I could remember what it was called. It's gone right in my head because of like the pressure of being on a podcast. But it was about a, an older man who had dementia, and like they used like mirrors in the background to like play out. It's memories from... Uh, you saw the Tron? Uh, oh, well, I saw it Was it with a deaf? Okay. Yeah, it was deaf. Yes, yeah. I saw that I one saw too. Death, that was amazing. A, a deaf man with uh, dementia. Mm. It was... What was it called? Yeah. I forget. It was It was just... And I think like with that, because it was some... Yeah, two-way mirrors, but then they could, could yeah. switch. And like, it was just such a basic trick, but it was so effective that I think like... We try and think like, oh, we need five projections on, yeah, on the stage to make it advance. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Or is something so basic that is like so emotionally. But there's also this incredible thing where so much of that show was in sign language. Yeah. But there was no interpreter for us, so no. we had the experience of mm. someone who needs an a, an interpreter, who doesn't get one, who just has to sit. You know what I mean? So we, yeah. There was just this like, there was just this thing of like really highlighting so many things, but not on the nose. It was like. We're in this situation now where the we're actually the, the reverse and like the show was just incredible. Yeah. So I think that like and I, and I, I think I read some of that it's maybe been commissioned again to to tour this year. I think. Really? Yeah, definitely. Like yeah, I think that might be so. I think it's made in Scotland. Come back. Mm-hmm. Or, or the uh, Scotland Touring Fund. I'm sure that's right. why the show. So like, yeah. if you look up what that the awards were for this, you'll, you'll see the show. And uh, honestly, uh, it was through Vanishing Point. So they. Okay. Produced it, I think, right? They were running the co-pros, so yeah. So a lot. It's hard to keep. It's hard to think of everything I saw because I saw so much. Mm. Like, yeah. But kind of sadly, like a lot of it wasn't like a bit like films. Like we were talking about last year, like a lot of the theatre I saw this year that was great was theatre that was saying like this is an absolutely ridiculous show that's not going to be good, but it's a bit of a laugh, and it was. And all the shows that were like we're supposed to be really serious, beautiful shows were just like mm. not mm. Yeah. good. I was essentially like I'll always go and see shows when it's like fighting for like a voice, you know. Yeah. But I felt like all the shows this year were basically like, and I think I think this comes from commissioning and how we're really cynically now having commissions made to tick boxes. But it felt like every show was like literally someone standing up and saying like, "This is the reason I'm marginalised," but like with no other story yeah. to it. Just yeah. like I'm marginalised. Yeah. This is my marginalisation, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Cool, but what what's the story? What's your, like, story? What's your journey, or yeah. what does that mean?" Or like, has it has 
no I'm just marginalised and I was like that's not a show I mean you yeah. you don't need to take funding to tell people that so but I think that's or that st- doesn't change people's minds yeah, because people going to see it will also agree with that Yeah. so yeah. it's like how do you make it a story that other people will come and, and then maybe genuinely be changed yeah. or see a different point or, of view or if you have that same thing how do you leave thinking I'm not alone and I'm inspired and I, I can see a way out yeah. of my situation like it's offering nothing but I think it comes from the fact you get so many funds now we're like we're yeah. particularly interested in applications mm. from this marginalised group and it's like but then you're wanting them to share their trauma yeah. to be able to get funding rather than tell the stories they yeah. want to tell like that's yeah the amount yeah. of applications I have to end off with being as a queer female <laughs> neurodivergent about the neurodivergent stuff so yeah. much and drama applications I hate it because you feel like you're just using it as like a I know, you know? It's like, but then just, if you don't say it what are you doing yeah, by not yeah. participating in the game that does exist whether you participate yeah, or not yeah, yeah. it is like a yeah. weird weird thing but then you get like the extreme version of it is like and I know people that work in like PR and they're getting like things in from bands and it's like as like a vegan band it's like okay no 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 do we need to know like that you're vegans like what about the songs like yeah Yeah, the famously (laughs) massive (laughs) fan base of vegans yeah oh I know we've been champ for a good while so I've just got one more question for you but as we go into 2024, I wondered what, like, what are your sort of plans for next year? What's, have you got any projects exciting mm. coming up? Any goals for the new year? Yes, I'm working on a couple short stuffs for, for BBC, and I hope to be doing a lot more shorts. Anyway, yeah, there's there's a nice plan of, of what this year would look like. I just have to balance it out with what I'm, what's my day job or other jobs supporting that because yeah being also on a visa means I, I can't take any universal funds uh, universal credit or public funds so it's not even like I can take like a break in between freelancing work or anything so yeah anyway money but also like yeah it's gonna be a lot of a lot of short form that will like hopefully build up into something longer in future years but I'm, I'm excited going into 2024 I feel good good what about you Matt? Yeah, I don't. I don't really have plans, and I'm kind of excited about it. Like, I, I have a lot of offers and a lot of conversation around plans, but I think you know we'd always talked about maybe trying bars next year. But ten years of brown bear next year. Yeah, ten years of brown bear next year. So I guess we'll maybe do something special. But I, I kind of I'm looking forward to time off, and I, I want to travel a bit, and and I've got a lot of offers in America all of a sudden. So amazing. I, I don't know. Like, there's there's so many offers on the table at the moment, and like going back to films on the table and doing some shorts and doing like a TV show and doing um, a film. And then there's people asking for a new record, and it's amazing that that's all there. But I kind of like honestly just now, just I'm looking forward to maybe doing just traveling. Like, I feel like as a writer, you know, like you've got to live to be able to write. And I've, I've not been living; I've been yeah doing the opposite of it. So like, and that's why a lot of bands like third or fourth albums they tend to not be as good because they've not been living. They've yeah. just been yeah yeah. And next one's my third, so it will be good. Though. Yeah, because I'm going to go and live. Maybe I'm going to get a job and like, I don't know, selling cars or something. <laughs> so obviously, every time you've been on the podcast, Matt, you'd always have a different story to why the name yeah. Brown Bear is the name Brown Bear. So this is happening again. Well, if you can think of anything, but also, Kate, if you have a, a little story, maybe an origin story that's Christmas related that you'd like to share mm-hmm. with us to end the podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I could tell you how it happened with the bear, which is how Kate comes into this and why we're on this podcast together. Mm-hmm. So, when I was leaving school, I got a scholarship to go to Canada uh, to study forestry because I was interested in nature at the time. I didn't know I wanted to be a musician. I wasn't like interested in music because music for me was like a, something that happened after like a really traumatic life-changing experience which was Canada. 
So I'd gone over to Canada just to study forestry. And it was Christmas, but they still said like Christmas time. It wasn't much Christmas day, it would make work Christmas day. But it snows a lot in Canada. Can't back me up here. The <laughs> in most places, yeah. yeah. And uh, so they had us up like doing tree. Because you did different modules, it wasn't just like you're studying a forest, it's like you have to do like tree surgery and all that. So we're doing tree surgery. Up a tree, snowing, slipped, and I was starting to fall down. When I looked down, there was a bear. I like cocaine bear, but yeah, it's not cocaine. And I, he did have white stuff all over his yeah, face. Yeah, did that was, that was, yeah. As far as we know, snow. And uh, yeah. And I thought, this is this is me, this is my life. I'm going to die in the hands of a brown bear. And then this girl ran and was like, ah, screaming, it was Kate. First time I met her, she just said, my life from a bear. Yeah. Bear attack. I was hanging out with the bear previously. <laughs> I had been trying to tame bears, um, be the ultimate she bear. Yeah. It would have been your blood on my hands yeah. in theory, so I did need, you know, it wasn't, it was more for me than you that I saved your life. I don't know that Kate knew I was in the tree. I was like, perhaps just coincidental that she saved my life. But obviously she went on to make a film about a cold bear. And <laughs> um, and then uh, I nursed Matt back to health with some maple syrup yeah. and an igloo and uh, and the other Canadian stereotypes. Uh, we had protein. Okay, but that's just fucking good. That wasn't part of healing, that was just like... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys, what, it's like disco fries the thing here? Somebody told me about disco fries and he's like, it's poutine. I was like, no, it's... Anyway, I don't... Yeah. Someone... It's poutine. Don't call it disco fries. I'll I'm fucking come for disco you. Disco fries to be fair. We have so, such little... We have such little <laughs> Canadian cuisine. Please, let us have this one thing. Subsequently turned out that I've been trafficked. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't at all what it seemed, and I'm now banned from Canada because yeah. I was essentially there illegally. Yeah. But Kate got a film out of it. Yeah. You got yeah. a band name out of it. Yeah. So happy. She told this story of uh, a mixed race Scottish person being expelled from a country, and the Home Office gave her a visa. And the Home Office is like. <laughs> That's right up our street. <laughs> we we would love a white woman to tell that story. We've been waiting for. it. Maybe if we let you in, you could get a few more out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was my first tattoo. Also, what he's leaving out is that um, I didn't have a date for my family Christmas, so I forced Matt into being my fake partner to take home to my family. And I said, if you say anything wrong, I will yeah. deport you myself. Uh, but like, he was well behaved. Uh, then, and then I, I'm writing a holiday movie based on that experience of. A hostage situation. <laughs> yeah. Also, when I was there, I had convinced a, a church to recreate the Bohemian Rhapsody video with candles. Yeah. And then I was like, singing Christmas candles, and it became a tradition for me. Yeah. I thought that's so weird because I was only trying to recreate the video. Yeah. So there's lots of. Our life has really had a lot of. Yeah, yeah. and it's amazing. It's over. It's only happened. Here, here, here we are. And we haven't spoken in five years, yeah, so this is a tense night. Yeah. This is really tense. Yeah. <laughs> so, Matt. Kate, thank you so much You're for your time. I can't even describe that story. That was just spectacular yeah. improv. Um, very creative from both of you. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, have a lovely Christmas and New Year when it comes. Thank you to everyone as, as well. To thank everyone listening. Have an amazing pleasure year. Pleasure as always. Pleasure as always. Come see our shows. Yes, and buy Matt's vinyl as well. Yeah. Well, there you go. That was our Christmas and New Year special of 2023. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you again to Kate and Matt that story at the end 
was just, I was honestly, in, I was just trying not to laugh the whole time. I didn't know what was going on, but I thought it was fantastic. I didn't mention this at the start, I'm gonna quickly mention it now, but I put a link to Social Bite, who are an incredible charity that do a lot of work with homeless people and rough sleeping and stuff. I know it's a really tough time with the cost of living, and I know just from living in Glasgow alone, there's far too many rough sleepers still on the street and I think places like Social Bite are very important. So if you can spare any money at this time of year, be sure to donate to Social Bite. Yeah, that's all we have time for this year, which always feels weird to say. All we have time for this year, the last one, wild. As I said at the start, thank you so much again for all the support over the last six months since we came back in June. I'm so proud of this particular run. I've got really exciting ideas to sort of bring into the podcast for next year. Ultimately, I just wanted this to be a resource for people particularly interested in the creative industries. I'm going to keep trying to make this as good a resource as we can, as well as an entertaining show. Um, and a lot of people keep asking me when we're going to get video. Listen, my opinion on this is right, podcasting is an audio medium. If I could make it work, I'd be very open to having video, but it's so unfair on people that just run podcasts audio-wise, because it just cannot compete with some of the amazing technology people have now, but we might try and make this into a video figure at some point. I'd love to do it, but... It's very tricky and, you know, just to be able to keep this going so consistently in audio for now is enough of a challenge. So I don't know about that one, but we'll wait and see. Anyway, that was my last big ramble of the year on this podcast. Have a very Merry Christmas, all the best in the new year, and we'll be back again in January 2024. Just get a read.